Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Ram Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. 
जय गौरानताय 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 जय गौरानताय जय जगन्नाथ जगन्नाथ बलदेव जय श्री सुभद्र जय राधा बल्लभ राधा बल्लभ राधे जय जय प्रभु 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 जय जय प्रभु ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर सिक्सटीन वर्स नंबर फिफ्टी फाइव The name of the chapter is King Chitraketu meets the Lord. Jena Prasupta Purusha Jena Prasupta Purusha Swapam Vedatmanastada Swapam Vedatmanastada Sukham Chanirgunam Brahma सुखम चनिर्गुनम् ब्रह्मा तम् आत्मानम् अवेहिमाम् तम् आत्मानम् अवेहिमाम् ये न प्रसुप्त पुरुषा स्वापम् वेदात्मनस्तदा सुखम चनिर्गुनम् ब्रह्मा तम आत्मानम अवेहिमाम ये न प्रसुप्त पुरुषः स्वापम वेदात्मनस्तदा सुखम चनिर्गुनम ब्रह्मा तम आत्मानम अवेहिमाम
जेना प्रसुप्त पुरुष पापम वेदात्मनस्तम च निर्गुण ब्रह्म By whom the supreme Brahman, Prasuptaha, sleeping, Purushaha, a man, Swapam, the subject of a dream, Veda, knows, Atmanaha, of himself, Tada, at that time, Sukham, happiness, Cha, also. Nirgunam, without contact with the material environment. Brahma, the Supreme Spirit. Tam, Him. Atmanam, the pervader. Avehi, just know. Maam, me. Translation, Mashila Prabhupada. Know me to be the Supreme Brahman, the all-pervading Super-Soul through whom the sleeping living entity can understand his dreaming condition and his happiness beyond the activities of material senses. That is to say, I am the cause of the activities of sleeping living being. You can repeat the translation after me. Know me to be the Supreme Brahman. The all-pervading Super-Soul through whom the sleeping living entity can understand his dreaming condition and his happiness beyond the activities of material senses. That is to say, I am the cause of activities of the sleeping living being. Purport by Prabhupada. 
when the living entity becomes free from false ego he understands his superior position as a spirit soul part and parcel of the pleasure potency of the lord thus due to brahman even while sleeping the living entity can enjoy the lord says that brahman that parmatma and that bhagwan are i myself that is noted by shri jeev goswami in krama sandarbha ओम ज्ञानतिरंधस्ञानंजनशलाखया चक्षुरोन्मीलित जेन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्टम स्थापित येन भूतले स्वयं कदाम ददाती स्वदाक वंदेहम श्रीगुरश्रीयुतापकमल श्रीगुरोन्वैष्णवांश श्रीरूपात सहगन रघुनाथन्वीव साधत सवधूत पिजन सहित कृष्णचैतन्यदेवराधाकृष्णपादनलिताखाता हे कृष्णकुणा सिंधु दीनबंधुजगत्पते गोपेश गोपिकाकांतराधाका नमस्ते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वंचाकलपतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुचतनाम पावनेभ्य वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम श्रीकृष्णचैतन्य प्रभु निनंद्रियादगदाधर श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे नमो विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वती देव गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्य देश तारिणे हरे कृष्ण a very quick short brief of what's happening here i can see few people who are just connecting with this chapter and this whole theme of shrimad bhagavatam so basically there is a king with the name chitraketu who had a desire that he wants a child but it was very difficult for him to get a child so due to the blessings of sages like angira and narada muni after a lot of pleading and going through a lot of agony he gets a child whom they name as harsha shoka because he'll be the cause of distress and joy harsha and shoka both for the king but eventually the child was killed basically by the step mothers of the of the of the baby the king had many queens so they couldn't tolerate how one specific queen who gave birth to this child was given so much attention so other queens they they came together and they killed the baby now the king was back again in lamentation and then again as maharaj was mentioning two days before the very right opportunity was seen by narada muni um who came with angira rishi and he saw this is the right moment this is the time for us to impart transcendental knowledge to king chitraketu and as maharaj was mentioning a preacher must be patient and he must wait for the right time to speak the right thing 
So when Narad Muni did that and he called the child back in the dead child back in consciousness again and the child spoke to the king. And it basically shook the king when the child spoke about the reality of the soul and and what and how he doesn't belong to this particular family because he has already changed so many families. And now King Chitraketu was blessed with Narad Muni with mantras to meditate on on his Ishtadev, Lord Anantadev. And when Chitraketu did meditate on Anantadev, the Supreme Lord appeared after some time. And then when Supreme Lord appeared in this chapter, King Chitraketu meets the Lord. And he offered many beautiful prayers to the Supreme Lord, Anantadev. And now Anantadev, after Chitraketu has offered prayers, now Anantadev is speaking. The Supreme Lord himself is speaking. So this is a f- uh, the continuation from the verse we did yesterday. Sri Chaitanya Prabhu gave class on. So we'll just read the verse translation again. It took me f- few readings of this translation to actually register what's happening. Because if you just go through it once, uh, it may not click exactly what it means. At least for me it happened. So the Supreme Lord is saying, Know me to be the Supreme Brahman, the all-pervading Super-Soul, through whom the sleeping living entity can understand his dreaming condition and his happiness beyond the activities of material senses. That is to say, I am the cause of the activities of sleeping living beings. So, uh, for this we, we at least must know what was happening in the verse before because it, it continues. Uh, so, I'll just brief, quickly read what, what was the previous verse. So, the Supreme Lord is saying, when a person is in deep sleep, he dreams and he sees many, he sees in, he's, and sees in himself many other objects and such as great mountains, rivers or perhaps the even the entire universe, although they are far away. Sometimes when one awakens from a dream, he sees that he is in a human form, lying in his bed in one place. Then he sees himself in terms of various conditions as belonging to a particular nationality, family and so on. All the conditions of deep sleep, dreaming and wakefulness are but energies of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One should always remember the original creator of these conditions, the Supreme Lord, who is unaffected by them. So basically three stages, as Prabhu mentioned yesterday. Deep sleep, basically you have no consciousness. Dreaming, you're you're, uh, aware of at least your your subtle mind is traveling everywhere and the impressions you have gained throughout your day is basically coming to you in different forms. You may have seen a great mountain and a river, like Prabhupada says, you might have seen a, a tiger and gold somewhere. And you may see a golden tiger, just whatever combination comes. And then the third stage is wakefulness. So this verse, this, the Supreme Lord says that it is me who is causing it all to happen. Now continuing to this, is he's saying, it is me, the Supreme Brahman, or the super, or Paramatma, basically Antaryami, the super soul within, through whom this sleeping living entity, uh, who is basically, in one sense, sleeping in all the three conditions, sleeping from the reality that one is spirit soul, part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and has a relationship with the Supreme Lord. He can understand his dreaming condition. Uh, 
uh, this is where the catch is in this statement that as soon as we read that the living entity can understand this dreaming condition it's not talking about the physical sleep only even while awake and living in this material world acting and operating we are still in a dreaming condition why because we are away from reality that we are spiritual in nature we are we have a relationship with the supreme lord being his part and parcel so what the translation says is that through the antaryami one whom the sleeping living entity can understand his dreaming condition and his happiness beyond the activities of material senses so the supreme lord who is present within us as parmatma antaryami helps understand this and that's why he is the cause of the activities of sleeping living being again when it says cause of the activity of sleeping living being it's not talking about someone on the bed only it's the whole material existence and it can be any any of the three previously what we read i first time i read i was like why how can a sleeping living and being on the bed is can experience happiness and then it somehow registered after one or two once or twice i read it um vishnu chakravarti thakur explains uh, a great acharya who has always done um the main commentary on shrimad bhagavatam which is which is referred to is of vishnu chakravarti thakur and shri prabhupad's purports especially in this section also are very much referring to what vishnu chakravarti thakur said on this topic so he says that it should be clearly understood that it is the antaryami who daily dissolves the gunas during deep deep sleep by his mercy uh, it is the parmatma who puts us in that state of deep sleep by dissolving the gunas the modes which are acting on us by his mercy and gives the jiva whose knowledge and bliss are covered by firm bondage of gunas an experience of nirguna happiness also so those us who are covered completely under the modes of material nature or completely covered uh, and whose knowledge and the experience of happiness which a soul can gain basically which is covered due to our material uh, interactions it is this same antaryami it's same super soul parmatma within us who can give us this experience of this happiness so uh, and how do you how do you basically understand why he is not talking about the material realm is because the acharyas even in in translation and in purport also shila prabhupada and even vishnu chakravarti thakur speaks about happiness beyond material senses and the material modes and that's why you catch this what he's trying to say is not just someone who is enjoying his sleep in the bed uh, it is is the wakefulness to the reality that that i am part and parcel of god uh in this in this verse two different terms are used for the supreme lord that is brahman and parmatma and in the purport shila prabhupad quotes a verse from uh, bhagavatam a very famous verse it is it is very very extensively quoted this particular shloka so in first canto chapter 2 verse number 11 vadanti tat tattva vidas तत्वम यज्ञानम अद्वयम ब्रह्मेति परमात्मेति भगवान इति शब्दते सो दोस हु आर वदंतीस दोस हु आर लर्नड ट्रांसेंडेंटलिस्ट्स हु आर तत्वविदस 
they understand the same absolute truth in three features brahman paramatma and bhagwan i will will i'll explain basically what it means because here two of those aspects are mentioned in the trans- translation itself that know me to be the supreme brahman and paramatma so what is supreme brahman brahman is the effulgence of the supreme lord which is which is practically the in in many different ways it's called you know we as living entity merge in that jyoti uh, that that supreme effulgence then the parmatma is the localized form of the super soul so supreme lord within us within every living entity hmm? whether it it's it's an animal form or a human form or whatever form it, we take the supreme lord accompanies us in that particular form as parmatma who is within guiding us and the third one is bhagwan who is the supreme lord who on this planet appears yuge yuge millennium after millennium to do his leelas whether it's in the form of supreme lord shri krishna or shri ram or narsingha dev or whichever other part, incarnation but in the spiritual world the same supreme lord's form is eternally present here they may come for few hundred years or or whatever period few thousands of years like shri ram lord ram chandra stayed for much longer than how much krishna stayed on this planet but they are eternally uh, doing their leela in the spiritual world as well so now prabhupada says that, that he quotes this particular verse in the purport to explain that yes that supreme lord is i myself and 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 vishnu tagar tagar again quotes this this is for someone who is technically inclined wants to understand the whole thing he quotes another verse from the 6th canto later which will come in the 9th chapter which says nothing is impossible for you my dear supreme lord hmm? nothing is impossible for you maya maya kevala evatma mayam nothing is impossible for you why because you only have one form but your manifestations are multiple you only have one form but you are manifested in many many different ways brahman parmatma or bhagwan shil prabhupad gives a very nice example of how to understand how the same one person is brahman parmatma or bhagwan is that suppose you're sitting in your home it's early morning sun rises you're sitting oh sunlight comes at home you know many people say oh sun has come but actually sun has not come if sun comes you know will be ash will turn into ashes basically will disappear so sunlight has come so that light is compared to this brahman effulgence of the supreme lord but when we go out and we see or oh, we see a bright sunlight then we see this sun form form of the sun which is a disk in located in the sky and then if someone is capable of going to the planet of sun and meeting sun god himself whose name is vivaswan so that's the third feature called bhagwan and the previous one was where you see the sunlight and the disk form is parmatma so shil prabhupad gives this very simple example to explain how is the same person in three different manifestations ha huh? parmatma bhagwan and brahman you know, in india we see uh, a very common understanding recently i was watching a video of a, of a very of a devotee who who is very famous become he became a celebrity and a um, motivational speaker and then he invited a guest 
And this lady, who was the guest speaker for this interview, she from childhood she is doing Bhagavad Kathas. Uh, she is known for her singing, her Bhagavad Kathas, and now she is a motivational speaker also. Very famous. And when I say very famous, I'm talking about the followers and millions, subscribers on the YouTube channels, on the social media platforms and millions. So very famous. Now she came and she is a very ardent Bhagavad speaker. And this particular point came in their discussion. So this devotee, this speaker was very specifically asked a question. Oh, so, so whom you get more attracted to? Lord Shri Krishna or Ramachandra? Whose teachings attracts you more? Whose life attracts you more? It's a very genuine question, you know. We all have our likings. And she says, naturally, it's Shri Krishna, whose life and whose teachings attracts me more. But I don't make any distinction between Durga Devi, Lord Shiva, Ganesha, Krishna, Ramachandra. I don't make any distinction. And she makes a point. She says, it's just, if suppose you have to go to Melbourne city center, you may be coming from eastern suburb, western suburb, northern suburb, or southern suburbs. You may be coming from any different direction, but you know you have to go to Melbourne city center. So your routes, paths can be different, but you're reaching at one same goal. Hmm? This is the statement she made. And it sounds very fancy, very nice, because yes, 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 you know, this is true, this is true. All the path reach to one goal. Bhagavatam doesn't approve that. Huh? I'll read you something very specific. Prabhupada quotes that less intelligent students of either of the above school uh, sometimes argue in the favor of their own respective realization. But those who are perfect seer of the absolute truth know well that the above three features of one absolute truth are different perspective views seen from different angles of vision. Uh, so Prabhupada makes this point that whether it's Brahman Paramatma or Bhagwan, these three features are talking about the same one absolute truth. Take out talking about same one absolute truth, but from different perspective views. If you are speaking about Brahma, Paramatma, or any other form of Bhagwan, her statement was valid. That okay, we are talking about one absolute truth, but different perspectives can be there to reach this absolute truth. There are gyanis who are meditating and they want to merge in the Brahman effulgence. There are yogis who are meditating on Paramatma and they want to realize Super Soul. And there are devotees who wants to serve Radha and Krishna or Sita Ram or Lakshmi Narayana or whatever form. Now they are dealing with the same one absolute truth. But her point was that a diversion, even though she is a Bhagavad speaker from age six, uh, was that any path you choose, whoever you worship, whatever way you want to worship, will lead to the same goal. And this has con- this notion has created a lot of confusion, especially people coming from Indian mind background, where where a debate can happen or argument can take place, where if someone is talking about an inferior energy or sometimes a living entity who is empowered as a devata to be on the same platform as absolute truth and just considered that oh, this is just a different perspective view towards the same absolute truth. Huh? 
You got the point? How how this is this actually can take somewhere else? So Chilla Prabhupada, that's why he's making very specific statement here that uh, when we are talking about the absolute truth, we must understand it can be either his Brahman effulgence, his super soul. Personal, uh, his, his teachings toward taking towards his Paramatma, Antaryami, or any different form of Bhagwan, which can be either Nam, Narsinga, Matsya, Kurma, Varaha, Parshuram, Krishna, or, or like Ananta Dev in this section. It has to be one of the forms of the Supreme Lord. Then it comes in the category of Bhagwan. And then we are talking about same absolute truth. Not just in, not just energy of the Supreme Lord or even a jiva who is empowered as a devata is in the same category. They are not. They are completely not. We were, we were having a discussion with a boy the other day and he was attending some, some spiritual group. Spiritual group I will not say. Some religious group he was attending here in Melbourne. Uh, he comes to temple also regularly, but the whole concept of, of Deity worship doesn't register, you know, it's too much, you know. He's from, from Delhi, born and brought up in, in a family who from childhood they are visiting temples. But this does somehow it just has a conflict. So I wanted to know what is the reason for his conflict. He had many questions, many different ways of, of inquiry he had. So he goes to this particular group, I'll not name because our goal is not to criticize anyone but to make a make the principle very clear. So this group, the, the principle, the philosophy is that anybody from any background can come and present their views and everyone is respected. Is respected. And we also respect. But anybody from any background, from any spiritual understanding, no matter what he's speaking, is respected, which should be done, because it's individual's choice, we must respect their preferences. But then, in their philosophical discussions, all the siddhanta, all the principles, is considered and taken, and, and discussed upon, and then basically given a, a platform or a facility where, where uh, it's like, you know, you sit with few friends having a sip of a tea and then you put some points and everybody says, yes, yes, good point. And this particular group is originated uh, in, in Iran in late 1800s where uh, the whole area was very much, uh, I would say, in terms of philosophy was very much aligned with whether it's, whether it was uh, Christianity, Islam, or Judaism. So naturally, if someone is coming from a, from a background of Abrahamic teachings, deity worship is very difficult to register uh, in their in their consciousness. Why we have someone is worshiping a stone or a, or metal or wood? So he was making certain points. So then that's where why I'm why, I'm, why I brought this point out is this is exactly where we were discussing this particular point that that we I was suggesting him that. See, you are going to a discussion where many different opinions are presented. And when I say many different opinions, it, it can be, you know, worship river as God also. 
Uh, mount, just, just, just be happy because you're worshiping mountain as God. Someone has this opinion also. We were discussing this point that I was telling you my humble request to you is if you can stick to the understanding of absolute truth because he was keen on knowing about the absolute truth. He was constantly making this point, the absolute truth, absolute truth. So I was suggesting him, if you can just stick to the understanding of absolute truth, on your spiritual quest, you may go somewhere. But if it is everything and anything, then practically it's, it can be very, very confusing to, to basically choose a particular path. And I told him very directly, I will never tell you, you choose my lifestyle. But at least you should inquire about the absolute truth and understand what absolute truth means. Hmm? So, because this has caused a quite a bit of confusion in society, that's why I thought uh, this particular point should be raised. Um, because very recently I got this couple of experiences where quite a bit of, of, of uh, uh, very direct word I would use is, is hodgepodge in name of religion, because there is no scriptural reference, there is no scriptural backing in any of the cases. Hmm? So, uh, this particular verse is directing us to, towards absolute truth and telling us the absolute truth is actually the cause of all the activities. Now, the absolute truth can be perceived in any of the forms, hmm? any of the forms. Changing the topic a little bit, uh, Monday, a very special month is starting. Uh, Monday, the month of Karthik is beginning. Few devotees requested, so I thought I'll speak on that as well. Tomorrow we have initiations. So from Monday onwards, this month of Karthik is starting, which is which is named after Srimati Radharani, who is also known as Kartika Devi. Um, Rupa Goswami says that this month is very pleasing to Srimati Radharani, and it is it helps us very quickly to progress in the path of bhakti. This particular month, Shri Sanatan Goswami quotes something from uh, in his Hari Bhakti Vilas. I'll just read exactly what he says. I take the shelter 
under the lotus feet of Radharani and Lord Damodar, who are the Lord of this Kartika month. So this is the prime responsibility of every devotee that they glorify more and more about Radha and Krishna. Even in scriptures, the glories of Kartika are mentioned. There are many references, whether it's in Skanda Puran, Padma Puran, in Hari Bhakti Vilas, which is stressing the glories of this month and certain certain spiritual practices that can be done in this month, which which may take, which may enhance our devotional life. Sometimes spiritually, we we, we many devotees experience, you know. Uh, some push is required, some kick is required because we may be feeling ourselves weak in certain areas of practicing devotional service. Some devotees they experience, oh my reading goes weak, for some morning program goes weak, for some hearing about Krishna on regular basis is, is very less. For some to come and do service in temple is is a once-off thing, especially or whether it's Sanjanmashmi or whichever day. So this particular month, if we can try to engage more in hearing and chanting about Krishna and serving Krishna, it's very it's very beneficial for our spiritual growth. In uh, in Padma Purana, Skanda Purana, it comes that just to offer one lamp to the Supreme Lord in this month is powerful enough to grant us liberation. Just one time lamp offering. So in temple, every year, uh, arrangement is made where every morning 7 a.m. and evening 7 p.m. we uh, chant Damodar Ashtakam, eight verses glorifying Lord Damodar and his pastimes, and everyone gets a chance to offer lamp. Temple arranges that lamp and devotees arrange that this facility is arranged and whoever visits, they can offer this lamp. So please take advantage, try to come every day, if not at least once a week, offer lamp to, to the Supreme Lord. And while you are at home, you can also do it on the photos as well. Mm. So, um, now, this, of course, uh, Many, many speakers will speak on the month of Karthik, Damodar month. This whole month we'll hear this pastime, so I'll not get into this pastime. But something very interesting from, uh, from Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu, Nectar of Devotion, Srila Prabhupada's commentary on Bhakti Rasamrit Sindhu, I want, to, I want to just discuss that a bit. That why and how this, this extra hearing and chanting about Krishna actually helps us. What makes spiritual progress happen just by hearing about Krishna. In, in uh, Nectar of Devotion, Srila Prabhupada gives, quotes a verse from Bhagavad Gita where he says that four types of people come to Krishna. Chatur Vidha Bhajante Maam, Jana Sukritin Arjuna, four types of pious people choose to approach Krishna. First category is someone who is very distressed in life. Uh, second is if they are after money. Third is if they have general some inquisitiveness. What's happening here? Let me see what the temple does. Who are these Hare Krishnas walking on the street? And they are just inquisitive about, about Krishna himself. And the fourth, the superior most amongst these four is the Jnani who is interested in the knowledge of God. Uh, he approaches Krishna. 
he is not interested to to reduce his stress in life he is not interested to gain any monetary benefit by approaching god he really specifically wants to know about god uh, so krishna so, so four types of people they approach uh, the supreme lord but they are while they are approaching supreme lord they all are considered sukritina very pious souls and the reason for that is that at least they have approached the supreme lord even if in need hmm? but none of them are performing sadhana bhakti none of them are performing devotional service they may be approaching supreme lord but they are not performing devotional service especially sadhana bhakti hmm? so nectar devotion basically uh, bifurcates sadhana bhakti in two aspects and this is the reason I, i'm just bringing this point because many of us sitting here or who will be listening are performing sadhana bhakti hmm? so the first part of sadhana bhakti is called vaidhi sadhana bhakti now vaidhi sadhana bhakti means we perform some devotional practices because of give because certain things are mentioned in the scriptures out of duty we have respect for scriptures out of duty a person has respect for their spiritual authorities for their guru and they follow their instruction and following their instruction they follow certain rules and regulations given in scripture or oh, one should not kill animals just for one's taste of one's palate okay one should not get into intoxication uh, or one should chant the names of god regularly because we are his part and parcel or one should come and associate with devotees so so we follow these rules and perform this this regulated devotional service on daily basis because we understand the importance of it and we have a very dutiful attitude towards scriptures and spiritual authorities but for anyone to come to this stage especially the four categories we were talking about one who comes to krishna for distress money inquisitiveness or for knowledge about god there has to be little attraction towards krishna for anyone to even come to this stage where they accept okay i will follow vaidhi sadhana bhakti shri prabhupad very directly very clearly mentions that the prerequisite for anyone to step into performance of sadhana bhakti is little attraction towards krishna and that can be in many other many forms one is attracted towards the philosophy and they want to really practice in their life one is attracted to the dt form of the supreme lord some little attraction is the requirement to practice to come to the stage of vaidhi sadhana bhakti now while one is performing vaidhi sadhana bhakti that's where months like kartik are a booster hmm nectar devotion clear explains that for someone to advance while they are on the platform of vaidhi sadhana bhakti and i understand most of us are on that platform one must develop firm faith in scriptures and thorough knowledge about of scriptures then months like kartik can really enhance because we'll put our effort to to go deeper into the subject matters and the previous point which i was making where when 
when someone says anything in the name of spirituality or religion, from the point of view of their rights, they have all rights to do that. But from the point of view of Siddhanta, we have to speak from what the scriptures are saying. We cannot say, oh, it's your right, so whatever you're saying is also right. <laughs> no, scriptures don't say that. So, our, so it's our right also to say what is not right, quoting Shastra. So, so from that point of view also, it is very healthy hmm? that if someone really understands and, and get deeper knowledge about the scriptures and they develop faith in scriptures, then someone who's practicing Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti advances rapidly. But, but Krishna makes an amazing point to Uddhava in Bhagavatam 11th Canto, chapter number 20. He says, Yadachraya mat kathado jata shraddha tu yapuman nanir vinno nati shakto bhakti yogasya siddhida. He uses the word, if somehow or other, by good fortune, one develops faith in hearing and chanting my glories. This is if somehow or other. Uh, one develops faith in hearing and chanting my glories. Such a person, being neither disgusted with or nor very much attached to material life, should achieve perfection through the path of loving devotion to me. Hmm? This particular month of Karthik, if, if this statement can be our prayer, that somehow or other by good fortune, if we can develop faith in hearing and chanting about Krishna's glories, Krishna promises through Uddhava in Bhagavatam once one will achieve perfection uh, one will achieve perfection now the next now how does this takes place what is uh, Srila Prabhupada makes the point you know what is this somehow Krishna says if somehow what is this somehow how this somehow results uh, what is what, what exactly this somehow is? And Prabhupada very specifically says, if one gets somehow gets the association of pure devotees of the Lord, this is the somehow. <laughs> Otherwise, this somehow doesn't happen. If someone by good fortune gets association of pure devotees of the Supreme Lord, they the attraction they have for Krishna at least to some degree, is passed on to the other person. And we are all examples of that, you know. Uh, we, just, we just met and associated with devotees. Some are trying to do now, some did 10 years back, 5 years back, 20 years back. Their attraction for Krishna just basically rubbed off through us. And when we developed that little attraction, we started Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti. And when we were performing Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti, we developed faith, faith in scriptures and knowledge about scriptures and we practiced hearing and chanting about Krishna even more. For many of us, it's, it may be a 15th or 20th Kartik month in their career as a devotee. For many of us, it may be just first or second Kartik month. So for those who have really performed this Kartik month Vrata, they know what I'm saying because every month it's, a, it's surcharged with devotional enthusiasm, seeing so many devotees taking this vow, that vow, rising early in the morning, chanting extra rounds, no matter what they read, 
they read extra time, they reduce their material engagement. So many, so many devotees will take vow where their usage of phone, social media will reduce to minimum this one month so that they can utilize their time. Uh, many devotees will take specifically this vow, especially now the times are that after everyone realizes, you know, every day two to three hours of my day is just going, scrolling through this app to that app trying to seek, somewhere juice should be there, you know, somewhere it must be there. Uh, some controversy, some debate, some news, what this celebrity is doing, something we are trying to always search because we are after that, that, that drop of happiness. So, so devotees, they, 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 this particular month they say, okay, I'll reduce that and I'll directly engage in hearing and chanting about Krishna this particular month. And the results are amazing. Uh, everybody who puts their heart and soul in in trying to do something extra this month experiences it that they have gained a lot. Mm. So um, good to good to um, invest our extra time in this particular month, especially in hearing more and chanting more. And then one can reach the stage of of another aspect of sadhana bhakti which is called raga nuga sadhana bhakti where one develops natural raga attachment for krishna hmm? if we currently we don't have natural attachment for krishna some to some degree we may have and for some of you you may have a lot more i'm talking about myself for us vaidhi sadhana bhakti is the saving grace means sticking to the rules and regulations given in scriptures and by spiritual authorities. Hmm. And then with time, especially taking blessings of months like Karthik, we may experience some attachment for Krishna. And when that attachment grows, we are actually experiencing sadhana bhakti to its max. And then comes the later, higher stages of bhakti, later bhava bhakti, prema bhakti and all. Uh, that's still far ahead. But at least in one, in our situation, uh, if we can utilize this particular month, that'll be that that is a great blessing. Srila Prabhupada writes in chapter three of Nectar of Devotion something very important which I wanted to bring. Um, this statement is very confronting actually. He says, anyone who has any desire or aspiration for satisfying his senses by becoming more and more important. Then he throws the bomb. He says, either in material sense or in spiritual sense. So anyone who has desire or aspiration to satisfy his own senses by becoming more important, either in material sense or in spiritual sense, cannot actually relish the really sweet taste of devotional service. So he is not just saying materially if someone is attached to one's sense enjoyment, they will not experience devotion. We all know that. But Prabhupada says even in spiritual sense also, uh, even in spiritual sense, one is only considering how one can gain enjoyment out of this activity. Uh, he will not experience Shuddha Bhakti, the happiness which pure devotional service can grant. And 
and to some degree here he is referring to if someone is very much attracted to their own liberation or mukti or their own freedom from the suffering that person cannot experience the happiness of devotion why because he is still interested in his own happiness so then what to do one must in our day to day practice of devotional service one must consciously practice spiritual life for krishna's pleasure now this is something little hard to to apply especially in all our activities many many services also in temple we do because we want to do because i like it but it's very very it's it's, a, it's something to register in our head that whatever we do is for krishna's pleasure and prabhu says that takes us to the platform even beyond sadhana bhakti to pure devotional service in third chapter he concludes of nectar devotion with this that if someone practices devotional service for krishna's pleasure he is only this is he says this is the prerequisite to achieve pure devotional service so so the, this month of kartik is coming this can be this can be one of our prayers we can beg to the supreme lord that that uh, at least we have this much intelligence uh, to identify and to apply how i can practice devotional service for krishna's pleasure for radharani's pleasure believe me or not to hear this and to say this is very easy but to apply is little hard or in some cases very hard <laughs> for us for us uh in the stage of either vaidhi sadhana bhakti or we may be in the category of those four people who approach krishna the focus is my freedom from distress the focus is my happiness the focus is my suffering should reduce uh it's 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 something to come to the stage where one says okay what what is krishna's pleasure in it um, as time passes uh for a devotee practicing krishna consciousness this this question don'ts this question really this question really hits on hard am i doing it for krishna's pleasure and if it doesn't come to to one's consciousness there is some issue <laughs> Hare Krishna these were some of the points i thought i'll discuss thank you if any question or comment on what we discuss please can ask if any correction prabhu har bhakti shastri teacher is there yes mic is there you can speak in the mic Hare thank Krishna. you prabhu Hare really Krishna. highly enlightening discussion today Hare Krishna thank and you and very in depth um the heaviness of discussion is too much yeah it I is we have to absorb the topic is like that. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah so first point was that uh, if we discuss about the different paths of approaching krishna hmm. so some are praying demigods like durga correct again okay, some other forms so that is a very burning question in hinduism true it is or sanatana dharma you know yes. that whereas if you look at immanent christianity yes. or judaism or islam they have a very definite path if you go beyond 
yes that then you are will killed or will be thrown to the stone yeah so this kind of thing <clears throat> now the flexibility that we have and the inherent inherent um, goal hmm. that to approach the supreme personal godhead yes so it creates very confusion big confusion in in hinduism and acceptance and rejection hmm. in our yes same religion yes part. so how we can overcome this uh, situation very very important point you raised and i was really hoping someone should in audience should ask this because everything you cannot say because i had to make other points also so i briefed on this point let's red light now hari krishna let's going to turn off soon it's already red currently it is but in few seconds it'll stop Hare Krishna. Thank you for bringing that question. It's a very valid uh question worth discussing. So this is this is one of the aspects the one of the strengths of a very evolved culture is that it has capacity to give shelter to anybody whoever it is in any consciousness in any stage of evolution of their consciousness. uh and this is the strength of vedic culture and and that is why it is very incorrect to stay to say that if someone is worshiping a demigod or any other person they are wrong it it's actually a, it's a it's a wrong statement it what what scriptures are saying is that if someone is worshiping any demigods to say and bring them on the platform of supreme lord is little issue is there that's where that's where we we stand against certain principles huh? so that statement of what i'm saying is to worship any demigod is not wrong but to say that worship of that demigod is worship of the supreme personality of godhead is is what what we are quoting from scriptures that that is something which is which must be understood through authorities hmm? but the the power the beauty or the strength of sanatan dharma is that no matter in what stage of evolution of your consciousness you may be it has facility for every individual to progress hmm? so if someone is only and only interested in material desire and and they really want to gain material results out of their religious practices naturally they will avoid they will naturally avoid uh worshiping the supreme lord and i'll give you a simple example for that uh you know the, the the very very simple example is if a child knows i want to you know suppose a teenager is there and he wants to buy a smoke he knows if i have some money with me my father is never going to give me 
you know i i can't go and tell my father take this money and get me a smoke but he knows if he goes to a shop in australia luckily it's it's not possible but in india it can happen if he goes to a shop because he has money with him the shopkeeper who's interested or who's basically sitting there to provide goods in return of money will happily give the child okay you take it because you have money in in return to offer the basically you are buying a commodity so why this example i'm making is that this is one difference if someone is little bit learned in scriptures they and they are only interested in material desires nothing else they may not come to the supreme lord for that because they know supreme lord being the father and we being his part and parcel may not agree to fulfill our material desires uh why because as a loving parent they may give us what we need but they may not fulfill what we want hmm? so those who are this this is i'm talking about someone who is who knows scriptures little bit so they may choose another demigod or another personality who is capable of fulfilling their material desires because they can offer in in the case of a child it is money but in our case we can offer some rituals some aarti some puja some religious practices hmm? but someone for most of us especially coming from indian backgrounds we decide worshiping someone not based on knowledge we decide worshiping someone based on what tradition we have brought up in huh? and that is why again and again in our lectures we request chila propad was also requesting plead please read your scriptures you may call yourself hindu or sanatani but please read your scriptures then at least you can choose that you are only interested in material desires or you want something higher based on that you choose whom to ask for hmm? so the only issue and i would i would say which is the most prominent issue amongst us coming from uh, background where where we are in touch with sanatan philosophy sanatan dharma we just don't know our scriptures we have no idea what scripture says so for us to choose whom to worship is exactly like you know a parent forcing or 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 basically directing a child you become engineer you become doctor you become and it has nothing to do with the liking of the child it has nothing to do with the research of the child no so whatever tradition we are brought up in whatever cultural backing we have based on that we choose whom to worship most of us but if they open scriptures and if they read if they go through bhagavad gita or many other shastras are there then at least they know what to do and whom to worship and this is our only request so now based on an an individual's uh, journey because when we talk about soul soul is on a journey from many many lifetimes uh many 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 souls can even take birth in those families where from very childhood the family is worshiping supreme lord hmm? uh, many souls can take birth in those families where the family itself is atheistic or the family is, is practicing something which is completely against the vedic scriptures uh, 
and we cannot say that, uh, oh, this poor person, it was not his fault. He took birth in such a family. No, it's a progression of the consciousness of the soul. Hmm? But still, that soul has an opportunity to know and understand what the absolute truth is. As I was giving the example, I was speaking to this boy from Delhi. My request to him was, you just don't go to such forums just to discuss and hear what everyone is saying. Why are you interested in people's mind? You should be interested in knowledge of the absolute truth. This person is very popular. Okay, he has 20 million followers on YouTube. He has 40 million social media followers. How does it help me in my spiritual life because he's very famous if he's speaking from his mind? It can be wrong because it's his mind. How am I going to trust someone's mind? I must know what the authoritative scriptures are saying and then I can decide what I want to do. So, with the whole discussion which I was making, to simplify it, the only request was, please be interested in the knowledge of absolute truth. And I am not saying that you only worship Krishna, but at least be interested in absolute truth. And read your scriptures. If you're, if you're born in a Hindu culture, read your scriptures and search for the absolute truth. The first statement of Vedanta Sutra is Atata Brahma Jigyasa. Now you have got this human form, inquire about absolute truth. Brahma Jigyasa. Please question about absolute truth. How many people are questioning? Those who are religious, they are doing because they are born in such culture, religion, or they have influenced by their friends, family, whatever. And, and others are not interested at all because their particular social media influencer is an atheist or they follow some, some uh, political leader who's, who may be atheist or they follow a freedom fighter who may be atheist, whatever. No one questions. No one is questioning. Huh? Does this make sense? You want to add anything on it? You can just say, I'll repeat what you're saying if it's not working. Oh yeah, I, I forgot to touch on that. So, it's a very, very specific statement that all the paths do not lead to Supreme. It cannot be possible. Uh, exactly. It's not possible that all the paths lead to same destination and Prabhupada makes a very very uh, clear example. He gives that it's not possible that you buy a ticket for Calcutta and you end up in Bombay. No, you have specifically chosen that you want to go to Calcutta. So if someone has very specifically chosen, I actually mentioned it previously, if you're very clear and you know a little bit scripture that I just want to fulfill my material desire, uh, and I will worship such and such Devi or a Devata or a personality who can fulfill my material desires. How will you end up being a spirit soul in the spiritual world? Ever. Unless you change your desire and your consciousness. So if your path is complete materialism, on what basis you will end up in spiritual realm? You cannot. But the, the, the strength of Vedic culture is or the Vedic umbrella, I would say, is that it's so huge that it can accommodate anybody. The examples which you were giving, 
of different religious practices that the the i would say not uh, the word i would use is is the the limitation of those particular cultures is no matter what your consciousness is this is the only path but vedic cultures understanding is no matter what your consciousness is uh, no matter what your consciousness is there is different path within the same umbrella and based on your association as prabhupad mentioned if somehow some come one comes in the contact of a pure devotee and his shift is there in his consciousness within the same vedic umbrella he may choose to worship differently hmm? i'll give you a classic example it happened with shila prabhupad a sanyasi from a mayavadi school whose goal is to become god understand na this sanyasi's goal is to become god there are many schools of thought which says danda matra grahanena nar narayan bhavet just by becoming sanyasi nar becomes narayan <laughs> a human becomes god huh? this is the motto so this particular sanyasi was from similar school so he visited shila prabhupad in bombay it was happening so prabhupad was on his vyasasan in 1976 or 7 sometime and guru puja time morning 7 am guru puja was happening and they were worshiping giving aarti to guru so for him it was very normal because in their school also they do the same they worship the guru but they worship the guru because they understand oh he has become god and one day i will also become god and now then people will worship me also uh, so their worship of guru is as is worship as you step on a ladder to climb on first floor once you've reached first floor you kick the ladder you don't need the ladder anymore so he saw disciples worshiping prabhupada they're offering aarti and they're singing guru puja shri guru charana padma kevala bhagati sadma and then he noticed disciples are singing i understand why swami ji is singing so prabhupada was also singing so he asked another disciple of prabhupada that why is he singing i understand you singing but why is he singing and they said he is singing for his spiritual master and for him it was the first time the strength of guru shishya parampara hit him hard it was first time in his life and he inquired more and he understood that it's not me who can become god it is me who by his devotional service by serving the previous acharyas will become servant of god you know what he did he was a sanyasi in mayavadi school he became a humble brahmachari disciple of shila prabhupada what happened just came in contact with pure devotees and the practice of pure devotion and there was a shift in his consciousness hmm? so that is the great fortune for someone in this vedic umbrella if somehow you know there are many people who are coming to temple because this is the nearest temple but why are they coming because it is navratri and but we don't have durga devi here but because they are in this vedic umbrella they search for a temple and even on navratri they come to krishna temple why because it's part of the vedic umbrella and here if they meet a devotee there can be a shift in the consciousness but if someone is outside the umbrella <laughs> if understand if someone is outside the umbrella following some other tradition they may not be open to come under the umbrella and learn the knowledge of the absolute truth and this is the fortune if someone 
is naturally under the umbrella of Vedic teachings, that they can very easily come in contact with devotee of the Lord, and uh, then the consciousness can shift and evolve. Hmm? Is that okay? Thank you very much. Grantarashmat Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Kartik Manth coming ki jai ho.
ಬಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರು ಶ್ರೀಯುತ ಪದಕಮಲ ಸಾವಧೂತ ಪರಿಜನಾಶಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸಾಧನ ಲಲಿತ ಶ್ರೀವಿಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿತೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚ 